What is the role and importance of a GYN oncologist, especially in the lives of women diagnosed with a pelvic organ cancer? You are listening to Reach MD, and I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen, and with me today is Dr. Evelyn Reynolds, board certified in general obstetrics and gynecology and also gynecologic oncology. Dr. Reynolds is also an associate professor and division director of gynecologic oncology at Morehouse School of Medicine. Throughout her educational and professional career, Dr. Reynolds has actively participated in cancer research. Dr. Reynolds has a particular interest in outcomes-based clinical research and the elimination of health disparities. Dr. Reynolds, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Dr. Allen. I'm happy to be speaking with you today. I'm excited about this particular interview, Dr. Reynolds, because I think that this is going to give an opportunity for our ReachMD listeners to learn more about what exactly is a GYN oncologist. So let's start with that. What is a GYN oncologist? A GYN oncologist is a physician who specializes in diagnosing and treating cancers located in the woman's reproductive organs. So that includes the uterus or womb, the fallopian tubes, the ovaries, the cervix, as well as the vagina and the vulva. So GYN oncologists have pursued subspecialty training through a fellowship in order to be able to treat these malignancies. How long is that subspecialty training, Dr. Reynolds? It begins with the OBGYN residency, which is four years. And then the subspecialty training, depending on the program, is anywhere from three to four years of additional training. So the fellowship training includes the three to four additional years of intense surgical training, as well as learning about chemotherapy and radiation, which are both modalities which may be used to treat these malignancies. Dr. Reynolds, you have extensive experience in gynecologic surgery. You and I know each other from when I was a resident at Emory School of Medicine a number of years ago, and you were a pelvic surgeon fellow. And then you decided to move on into the subspecialty of GYN oncology. Can you tell us why you chose to become a GYN oncologist? Well, that answer goes back to my residency training. Because when I began medical school, you know, my only experience with the medical field had been my pediatrician. And I was convinced, which I think many medical students in training are, because of that interaction, I was convinced that I was going to be a pediatrician. But as you know, through our clinical years, we rotate through the different specialties. And I really like obstetrics and gynecology, obviously the focus on women's health. And so then I went on to that residency. And during residency, we also rotate through the different subspecialties, such as urogynecology, GYN oncology, maternal fetal medicine, or high-risk obstetrics. And at that time, you know, I really aligned myself with that field. It has a lot of, as I said, the intense surgical part, which I came to enjoy surgery, but also the patients themselves. It does still allow that continuity of care because you follow a woman, you know, through her diagnosis and then beyond in the follow-up or cancer surveillance stage. So. I just thought this was an excellent field to really make a difference in the lives of women. Absolutely. For the general practitioner, the primary care physician, or the internist who has a female patient 
who they have diagnosed through imaging or otherwise with a pelvic organ cancer. Why should that practitioner then refer their patient to seek specifically a GYN oncologist? For many reasons, any woman with a known or suspected GYN cancer ideally should be seen by a GYN oncologist from the beginning. Depending on the malignancy, the treatment may be very different. And you want to have somebody who has undergone that training and can really guide your treatment. For instance, you know, if the patient first has a procedure by someone else, then everything may not have been done in that first procedure, and they may need then a follow-up procedure, or they may not get the optimal procedure that they needed or the standard of care treatment. So the GYN oncologist can provide a level of expertise that's even different from other oncologists. You know, we are focusing just on that handful of pelvic organ malignancies. And so we really become adept at targeting and delivering the appropriate treatment for each of those cancers. Can you speak a little bit about how you deal with the woman's life with regards to future childbearing, her sexuality, her physical and emotional well-being? Definitely for some of the malignancies, they may affect a woman who is still of reproductive age and who has not completed her childbearing. For instance, even ovarian cancer, you know, typically we think of the epithelial ovarian cancer, which is the majority of them. But some of the germ cell malignancies really affect adolescents or women of a younger age. And these malignancies can be treated with a conservative approach because they are very sensitive to chemotherapy. So even advanced stages, we can preserve the uterus, preserve the unaffected ovary, just remove the affected ovary, for instance, and do staging, removing lymph nodes, the omentum as appropriate, but leaving the uterus and the unaffected ovary so that they can go on to have normal childbearing. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Reach MD, and I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen, and I am speaking with Dr. Evelyn Reynolds, Associate Professor and Division Director of Gynecologic Oncology at Morehouse School of Medicine. Evelyn, the first half of this interview was very clear to give the audience a good definition as what a GYN oncologist is and why patients should specifically seek out a GYN oncologist. What are the barriers, though, to patients who do try to seek out a GYN oncologist for their pelvic organ cancer? Some of the barriers may be just that it's a relatively new and rare field. So really, it it came about in the 1950s, less than a century old. And there are about 1,000 board-certified GYN oncologists in the, in the country. And because of the nature of our field, we actually tend to be concentrated in cities associated or affiliated with academic centers. So what has happened are, are there are several you know, counties, even a couple states, that do not have a GYN oncologist available. So some of the barriers may just be physical distance and if providers aren't aware of our subspecialty, then they can't refer to someone they aren't aware exists. 
Let's talk in particular to ovarian cancer, which is the deadliest of the cancers for the pelvic organ cancers for women. Can you talk a little bit about the type of surgery that you as the G1 oncologist is specialized to perform? Just talk a little bit more about ovarian cancer and how you as the G1 oncologist will provide care for that woman. So ovarian cancer, it's most commonly diagnosed in the advanced stages, but the treatment or surgery is tailored to, you know, early stage versus advanced stage. For an early stage ovarian cancer, so either confined to the ovary or pelvis, what we'll want to do is first get pelvic washing. So a small amount of saline is introduced into the uh, pelvis upon opening the abdomen, and that is withdrawn and sent to your pathologist or cytologist to see if there are any free-floating malignant cells. So that's the first part of a staging procedure, which is tailored to early stage ovarian cancer. So then, particularly if it's an epithelial ovarian cancer in a woman who has completed childbearing, surgery would then include hysterectomy, removal of both fallopian tubes and ovaries, what's termed a bilateral salpingoophorectomy. And then staging will include removal of the pelvic and the periaortic lymph nodes, as well as the omentum. And then there's an assessment of the entire abdominal cavity or intraperitoneal cavity with close attention to whether or not there are sites of tumor that have developed on any other surface, and those should be biopsied. If not, then plus minus performing random biopsies or scrapings of certain surfaces to see if there's any microscopic involvement of tumor. So that's for early stage where we particularly want to do a full staging procedure. So for instance, if you begin a case and there's apparently just one ovary affected, so apparent early stage disease, after a full staging procedure, up to 30% of those women may be found to have a higher stage disease. So that's why even if it looks early and only one ovary is affected, if your pathologist tells you intraoperatively that that is a malignancy, then you want to make sure somebody comes through and does the appropriate staging procedure right up front. So that's another reason why it's important for any suspicion to be handled by a G1 oncologist up front. I see. That is a very good point. Evelyn, how many women who are diagnosed with ovarian cancer, which is the deadliest, actually, in your opinion, ever do see a GYN oncologist for their care? The estimates vary based on the study and the database, but only on average about half of women diagnosed with ovarian cancer ever see a GYN oncologist as any part of their care. This is alarming for several reasons, but the most alarming is that unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, it has been shown that for those who do see a G1 oncologist as part of their care, their survival is improved. So then how do we get the other 50% of women to see G1 oncologists when they're diagnosed with these pelvic organ cancers? What are your recommendations for overcoming these barriers, Evelyn? So part of it is getting the awareness out, definitely. If we can get to patients or their family members or anyone who's listening, the primary care physicians, the OBGYNs, even if it will mean that the patient has to travel, that it is really important that they see a G1 oncologist. And you had mentioned that ovarian cancer is the deadliest of the GYN malignancies, but even in the advanced stages, it is very treatable. 
and then I had gone over the staging for the early stage, really our focus changes a little bit for the advanced stage. And in that case, it's called a cytoreductive surgery or commonly termed debulking, where our goal is to remove all the tumor that we can physically see, all the grossly evident tumor, to remove it all so that at the end of the procedure there is no gross visible disease is our ideal or optimal debulking. Now, that's not possible in everybody based on the distribution of disease. You know, we already always talk about location, 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 and that's important for this disease also. You know, if there's studying of tumor encompassing all of the small bowel, then, you know, we can't remove that. But, you know, a G1 oncologist is trained in advanced procedures, both in the pelvis and the upper abdomen, to increase the chance of all the disease being removed. And the survival for those women who have no visible disease at the end of their first procedure is really the median survival is about 10 years in most recent studies. So it is a remarkable change from previously when even as our field has grown, we have pushed ourselves, whereas optimal debulking used to be any site of disease less than two centimeters because we thought, well, the chemo will handle the rest, that now we really aim for no visible disease left at the end of the procedure. I see. So, Evelyn, you are based in Atlanta. So how do you partner with other clinicians who are lucky enough to be also be based in Atlanta and would be able to get referrals or refer their patients to you? And then if not, then how do other clinicians partner with GYN oncologists throughout the country? How? What are your recommendations? You know, in Atlanta, again, it's one of those large cities where we do have several GYN oncologists available. So most OBGYNs right in the, the city you know, have their referral patterns. But it's still interesting that as a large metropolis, they may be concentrated right in the city or north of the city. My practice was actually recruited to be just south of the city to fill a need in that area because even within a large city, people find their little geographical niche and they may not want to travel. But based on the survival data, it is worth the travel. So... Within your city, you may have to go to a hospital that you normally don't go to for your care, but in the end, it's worth it. It's your life. For those in other portions of Georgia, you know, it's worth it to travel to a city with a GYN oncologist so that you can get that expert level of care. Even if you don't travel for all portions of your care, the GYN oncologist can serve as a captain of the team. That's term is actually used on our Society of Gynecologic Oncologists website. I like it in that it's saying we may not be involved in all parts of your care, particularly for a patient that lives 300 miles away. It's just not practical for them to travel that distance for all aspects of their care. But if they see a GYN oncologist, what they can do is then coordinate your care locally you know, with a medical oncologist or a gynecologist to do exams if needed, along with the medical oncologist who's delivering the chemotherapy. There are ways where we can be involved in coordinating the care that will not make a patient travel, you know, exorbitant miles continuously. Evelyn, we're nearing the end of the interview. 
Is there any additional information that you would like our ReachMD listeners to know about the subspecialty of GYN oncology? I guess the the take-home message uh, that I would leave um, patients, providers, everyone with is that when you train in something and you do it a lot, then you become good at it. So GYN oncologists tend to be high-volume providers for the treatment of these GYN malignancies. And I think that's where we really see the benefits in their care, and that translates to survival. So I would really urge physicians to partner with the GYN oncologists if they suspect or have diagnosed a malignancy of women's reproductive organs. Dr. Evelyn Reynolds, many thanks for joining us today and educating myself and our ReachMD listeners about the subspecialty of GYN oncology and how you can help as a GYN oncologist to improve the health of women diagnosed with a pelvic organ cancer. Thank you. I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen. To download this podcast and others in this series, please visit reachmd.com. We encourage you to like, share, and comment on this episode. Thank you for listening to ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.